Okay, uh, we are in the Life of Christ, Lesson 103 this morning, 103. Or if you just want to follow along in your Bibles, we'll be in Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 18. Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 18. Uh, We have been, for the past, I believe, month and a half, focused in on the Tuesday, the the last Tuesday of Jesus' life. And we have finally uh, gotten through that Tuesday, and we are... Uh, as we mentioned on Wednesday evening, we are uh, passing through that Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, we referred to that as the calm before the storm uh, because there wasn't that much going on uh, as far as what we know Jesus was doing at that time. Uh, but we do know a lot about what was happening with his enemies uh, who were plotting and scheming uh, to put him to death. Uh, we, we talked about the, 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 that last parable he gave in Matthew 25 about the parable of the sheep and the goats. And really the emphasis there that we looked at was that, you know, immediately when Jesus returns is going to be the judgment, right? Immediately when he returns and he's going to separate, separate the sheep to his right and the goats to his left. And uh, <clears throat> again, he was emphasizing during that parable the eternality of this event, right? Eternal punishment or eternal righteousness, And so we also wanted to focus in on that as well uh, as he spoke that. And like we said, we moved in uh, Wednesday night. We moved into the the Wednesday of Jesus' last life or last week in this life. And again, he predicts his death to his apostles. Uh, He he even was more specific, said it's going to happen in a couple of days on the Passover. And we, we don't really think about this. But these are really Christ's last couple of nights that he's going to have an opportunity to sleep, right? Uh, We don't really think about that, but uh, that's what really is going on here. Again, the calm before the storm. Uh, His enemies are plotting. But remember, they're afraid to arrest him. They're afraid to arrest him in public for fear that uh, a riot might occur uh, because the people loved him. And they just they didn't know how to get a hold of him. In a one-on-one situation, you know where where Jesus was sleeping at, uh, you know where there was less people. They they didn't know those things, and so they were frustrated about that. And ironically, it was one of the twelve, Judas, who goes to them and says, "How much is it going to take for me to betray him to you?" And uh, well, why why was he willing to betray? Well, we again we talked about because. Uh, he was greedy, right? He had a love of money, uh, but also Jesus had rebuked him a few, week, a few, a few weeks earlier. And so uh, Judas is going to the Jewish leaders. He's offering them to give up information as to you know, where Jesus' Jesus's location is. Remember, the, the Jews, we, we looked at Wednesday night, were ready to uh, hold off Jesus' arrest, his death, until after the, the festivals. Uh, they didn't want to make a scene during the festivals, uh, but that wasn't God's um, will, was it? Uh, it was going to happen in the next couple of days. And we're told that the devil entered into Judas's heart to uh, influence him to do these things. And so we are going to continue in our lesson. Again, we are in Luke chapter 22, uh, starting in verse 7. And here's, here's those questions that the curriculum likes to ask to get our minds ready as we look at these accounts. And just think. Again, we don't have to answer these, but uh, just think uh, uh, in our minds this morning. If, this w- if you knew you were about to eat your last meal, 
uh, what would you eat and who would you invite? Um, you know, would you want it to be alone or would you want your friends and family around you? Would you want somebody with you? Uh, also, uh, along the same lines, if this was your last night of rest, that you knew uh, this was your last day, um, the last time that you're going to have an opportunity to go to sleep, are you going to be able to do it? Would you be able to sleep that night? And so all of these things surely are going through the mind of Jesus as he knows his time is, is approaching, his hour has come. Uh, even the apostles probably have this on their mind. And again, we think of this timeline. I know we're, we're talking a lot of timeline in these past classes, but it's important just to kind of keep in, in our minds where these things are happening. Of course, Wednesday, uh, Jesus and the apostles, they're preparing for the Passover feast. Uh, the Sanhedrin, again, was scheming. Uh, Judas betrays Jesus, and now it's Thursday. Thursday, the, the first day of uh, unleavened bread, the unleavened bread festival, and we'll talk about that here in a moment. The day of preparation. So a lot of things are going on, and again, Jesus woke up that morning uh, never to go to sleep again, right? And so let's just, let's kind of review uh, what we kind of touched on Wednesday evening. If you're in Luke 22, let's look at the first six verses. Again, just to remind us, uh, where we were, it says, Now the feast of unleavened bread, which is called the Passover, was approaching. The chief priests and the scribes were seeking how they might put him to death, for they were afraid of the people. And Satan entered into Judas, who was called Iscariot, belonging to the number of the twelve. And he went away and discussed with the chief priests and officers how he might betray him to them. They were glad and agreed to give him money. So he consented and began seeking a good opportunity to betray him to them apart from the crowd. So that's what immediately follows as we continue on here this morning. And what we're really going to talk about is uh, the Passover, the, the, this, this festival, the, the Passover festival. Um, do you recall what, what is the Passover festival? If you could describe it, how would you describe it? Or what event in the Old Testament brought it along? Okay, so, yeah, we got Egypt, the plagues in Egypt. Is there a particular plague? The, yeah, the tenth plague. If you recall, the tenth plague, and I guess I kind of touched on it in the sermon this morning, but what was that tenth plague? Yeah, the, the death of every firstborn, uh, not just, not just uh, uh, human, but also of animal, of the livestock, uh, was going to be killed by, this, by, um, <clears throat> by the angel of the Lord, right? And so, remember what they had to do? What did they have to do as far as, if you were a, a Jewish man or, or family, and you knew that this was going to happen, what were you to do on, uh, to the house that you were living in? Right. Yeah, right. So you, you would put that blood on the doorposts, and then when the, 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 the angel of the Lord would pass by, he would pass over you, right? And so that's where we get that term, uh, the Passover. And so uh, there... We want to kind of, I guess, keep, it, keep in mind this, that there's the very first Passover, and we'll talk a little bit about that, the very first Passover that happened, and then going forward, 
uh, every year from that point forward, they were to celebrate this uh, festival. And so <clears throat> this happened on the 14th day of Nisan. Uh, their month is called Nisan, the 14th day. So it's one of those, uh, it's one of those uh, holidays that, you know, it's not like a Labor Day or Memorial Day where it's, you know, the, the last Monday or the first, what is it, the first Monday of the month, but it, it's on the, the 14th day. So it could be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? It could be any of those days that, that this would happens on. And on that day, they were again to take that lamb. They were to put the blood on the doorposts, as we expl explained, so that uh, it would pass over them. Uh, they were also uh, to uh, have unleavened bread to eat. Um, why unleavened? Why not just, why, why not bread with leaven? Why unleavened bread? We don't have to answer that now. We'll, we'll, what's that? Yeah, we'll touch on that here in a, in a moment. Um, but they were to have unleavened bread. And they were also, at this very first Passover, they were to... Um, be fully clothed. They were to have their sandals on their feet. They were to have their staff in their hand. And again, why, why would God instruct them to be ready with these things? Because they were about to leave. Yeah, they, they were, uh, when uh, the Egyptians come after them, they were to, you know, they were about to go. They were told to leave. And so they were to be ready for this. Um, and this is also, uh, the, the Passover is also, uh, the, the gist of it, and Exodus chapter 12 is where we're going to get most of this information. Uh, Exodus chapter 12. This is also going to be a perpetual reminder for the people, right? Going forward, uh, every year, uh, they're going to celebrate this uh, feast. And we, we talked about this a while back, that there's those three main feasts that the Jews uh, would celebrate. There's a Passover and then Pentecost. Of course, those are kind of the easy ones to remember because they start with a P, Passover, Pentecost, and then there's the, the Feast of Booze or Feast of Tabernacles that was in the fall. But this is the Passover, and Exodus chapter 12, again, is where uh, this, first Passover, this first Passover is instituted. And here is the, here is the reason why they are to you know, do all these things on this day. In verse 23... Uh, says, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel on, and on the, the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And you shall observe this event as an ordinance for you and your children forever. When you enter the land which the Lord will give you, as he has promised, you shall observe this right. And when your children say to you, what does this right mean to you? You shall say, it is a Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the house of the sons of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians, but spared our homes, and the people bowed low and worshipped. So it's a perpetual reminder, right? Every year when they celebrate this Passover <laughs> meal, you know, the kids are going to gonna ask, well, why are we having this lamb? Why are we uh, eating these certain things? What's with the unleavened bread? And it was an opportunity to teach the children, the next generation, about what God had done for them back in Exodus chapter 12. So if we don't study the Old Testament, 
Are some of these things that we're studying in the New Testament not going to make sense to us? No. So it's important, right? We don't live under the old law. We don't live under the Old Testament. But it's very good for us to know uh, what's going on here in the Old Testament so that we can understand some of the things going on in the New Testament. And of course, who is our Passover in the New Testament? Christ, right, Jesus. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Uh, Paul says that uh, basically verbatim. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Clean out the old leaven so that you may be uh, a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. All right, so Christ is our Passover. The Passover. Uh, sometimes in Scripture it's referred to as uh, the festival of unleavened bread. Um, if you heard this word paschal before, maybe the, the paschal lamb, uh, you know, the, again, that's just that's the Hebrew term for it, the, the Passover. And these, these terms can be used interchangeably, Passover or unleavened bread, feast of unleavened bread, but it's still, it's the same day. And uh, it's a, <clears throat> you had the Passover and then you had this feast that took like a whole week long. Wouldn't it be great if we had those still today? <laughs> we uh, live in a society, right, that uh, you can only uh, give one day to a holiday, right? But back then, uh, in the Jewish culture, they would celebrate a whole week long. I mean, how great would that be? Um, longer vacations, right? But, uh, of course, we don't do that in today's culture. But, uh, obviously, a lot, of these, um, a lot of these festivals that they did... Uh, we're a week long, and so there's a lot of preparation to go through. Um, again, there's the Passover lamb that has to be sacrificed. There's uh, also Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, says this, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your house. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. That's a, a pretty... Uh, big instruction, right? That you can't eat anything leaven during this. You can't even have it in your house. And so uh, there's some preparation there. You've got to make sure everything's out of the, uh, anything leaven is out of the home. And, you know, there's a very specific menu we're told here in Exodus chapter 12. Again, a lamb's got to be secured. Um, if you've ever gone to the grocery store and maybe you don't buy your Thanksgiving turkey, um, until a couple of days and you get there and there's no turkeys left. Has that ever happened to anybody? A few heads nodding, yeah. Um, this was something you better be prepared for, right? You better have that lamb ready. And again, it wasn't just any lamb. It was a lamb that had to be spotless. Uh, it was a lamb that had to be a male, about a year old. Um, they were to, it was to be killed at twilight, so we're talking about 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, when we think of time. Uh, it was to be killed during twilight. And uh, it was to be roasted. And specifically, he says there in Exodus chapter 12, uh, you can't eat it raw, you can't boil it, but you have to roast it. You have to make sure that no bones were broken during the preparation of the feast. Now, I just mentioned a little bit ago that in the New Testament, Jesus is our Passover. And so as we sort of think of some of these things about the original Passover in the Old Testament... Do you see some of the connections with Jesus here? Um, what is significant about that, that there were to be no bones broken during the preparation of, the, of this lamb for the feast? Jesus had no bones broken. 
yeah, Jesus, Jesus had no bones broken during uh, his crucifixion. Um, they're told that they cannot eat this meal outside of the house. It has to stay within the house. Uh, no male who was uncircumcised was allowed to eat this meal. And, and specifically in Exodus 12, it talks about uh, if you have uncircumcised men uh, with you and they want to eat the Passover, you got to circumcise them right then and there. Uh, uh, how would that be if you were over for dinner uh, that night and uh, you, you were told that, you know, if you want to eat this meal, that you're going to have to go through the surgery, right? But uh, so, uh, so there, there's another stipulation that God puts on this meal. Uh, it's to be eaten between 6 p.m. and midnight. And so uh, we mentioned this the other day, but the Jewish time system goes from 6 to 6. And so basically from a t- from darkness uh, until morning, right? From darkness to darkness, rather than the Roman way of thinking 12 to 12. And so they would prepare this Thursday, but they would really eat it on their Friday, right? After 6 p.m. And so they've got the lamb. They've got this unleavened bread. Again, uh, representing, uh, you know, remember, remember, we've talked about leaven before. Right, that it's this agent within uh, the dough that you know just spreads throughout, and a lot of times the Bible uses it as a as a negative. Right, it often talks about the, the leaven of the Pharisees. Get rid of the leaven of the Pharisees, and so uh, there was to be no leaven uh, during this these weeks. Uh, bitter herbs were supposed to be part of this meal. Uh, again, that's representing uh, the slavery that they went through. All of this that they're about to partake of is going to, you know, bring to mind something about their captivity in Egypt, right? These bitter herbs. And uh, I think the curriculum talks about some of the other things that they would eat that's not in scripture, but things that they would come up with um, traditionally from that point forward. Uh, it talked about this paste that they made. Uh, I don't know if this sounds good to you, but it's made of apples, dates, pomegranates, and nuts, and sort of a thick paste they would eat every year, and it was to represent the, the bricks that they made while they were in slavery, right? And so it was something that was very thick, and it was to re- remind them of the bricks that they had to make. Uh, they, they would have cinnamon sticks prepared. Again, that was to re- represent the straw that they used to make those bricks. And so, again, uh, if you were to um, maybe uh, celebrate uh, or at least attend a Passover meal of people maybe who still practice this today, those are some of the things that you would find uh, spread along the table, right? And again, it was all to remind them uh, of what happened when they were in Egypt. So let's, let's take a look at Jesus's preparation. Uh, chapter 22, uh, we spent a lot of time there describing the, the original Passover, but let's look at Luke 22, starting in verse 7. And notice what's going on here. <clears throat> then came the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us so that we may eat it. They said to him, where do you want us to prepare it? And he said to them, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house that he enters and you shall say to the owner of the house, The teacher says to you, where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room, prepare it there. And they left and found everything just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. 
So Jesus gets Peter and John uh, the task of uh, getting these things together. Now, Peter and John, they are uh, they're important to Jesus, aren't they? Uh, sort of his inner circle. So this must be an important task uh, to ask Peter and John to go into town and to do this and to find this man who's carrying this pitcher of water and to follow him into the owner of the house. Do you think Jesus had this already set up or did he just know that it was going to happen this way? He probably is using his foreknowledge, right? That, that, uh, that there is going to be an individual in this town. Go, go to him. Uh, he's going to have things prepared for us. And why does, you know, this is sort of an interesting question from the, the, the lesson, but why Peter and John? Um, why not all of them? Why do you think only Peter and John are going to prepare or set up these preparations? It's kind of a, a trickier question, but uh, I guess let me give you a hint. Do you, do you think Jesus wanted Judas to know where this was going to take place? No. No. No, because again, Judas, by this time, Judas has um, you know, received the money to uh, betray Jesus. And hey, if he knew where this was going to take place, then maybe he could you know, point the, the Jewish officials to this home where it would only be Jesus and his 12 apostles. And there would be an opportunity to, of course, you know, to arrest Jesus and to take him uh, by force without a great crowd around him. And so... Uh, maybe this is a way of Jesus, again, not getting Judas involved uh, in that. But here's this guy, an owner of a house who has a large upper room. Um, do we see a large upper room somewhere else in Scripture? You remember in Acts chapter 1? Yeah, and so a lot of people make this connection that maybe this is the same upper room. Again, we don't know. Uh, but it could be uh, the same upper room that all the um, disciples of Jesus met in Acts chapter 1. Uh, but this house belonged to a disciple of the Lord, uh, we believe. And have you ever wondered who this man was? I mean, he's about to do a great thing, right? To give this space to Jesus and his apostles for the Passover. Um, the Lord's Supper is going to be instituted here. A lot of great teaching from Jesus is going to happen here. Uh, but again, we just don't know who this man was. Uh, he's one of those unsung heroes in Scripture, right? We just don't know who he was. But in any case, this room is ready. And um, again, you know, I might have mentioned this a while ago, but when we think of, the, of this setting, you know, a lot of times we'll think of, uh, you remember Leonardo da Vinci's uh, the Last Supper, that picture where, you know, they got this just this long vertical table and all the apostles are sitting behind it at a table that's, you know, just long. You know what I'm talking about? That's not at all what's going on here. Um, first of all, who would all sit at a table like that, all facing uh, one direction? Uh, but um, what's going on here is uh, the, the tables that they would have used, uh, of course, were lower to the ground. And it was sort of being a U-shape. You know, and so they would all be reclining at these tables. Uh, they don't sit on chairs like you and I and eat with utensils, but they would be reclining. You know, they would have, um, they would be basically lying on the floor uh, eating uh, here at this event. And 
Um, so that's, that's what needs to be prepared, right? They, they need that room. They need those tables uh, for this feast that they're about to have, the Passover feast. And again, we, we don't know who this man was, but obviously he did a, a good thing for Jesus and for the apostles to uh, get this uh, feast prepared for them. And so um, let, let's read the, the last few verses here in our, our, our assigned text, verses 14 through 18. And we'll notice them observing. So it says, uh, when, when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat the Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. So, again, this is a night that will never be forgotten. Um, started with the observing of the Passover. Uh, we're going to see in the next uh, coming month or so of a lot of teaching that Jesus is going to have for his apostles, especially John chapter 13 through uh, 17 is just, uh, again, more teaching that he needs to leave with them before. Uh, it's going to end with, again, the praying that goes on in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, of course, the, the trials that are going to take place. But it all begins here. It all begins with this Passover feast. Um, again, how many are present here in this upper room? You got your 12 apostles, and you got Jesus, and you got one lamb. And apparently a lamb, uh, one lamb could feed up to... Uh, they say up to um, no less than 10, no more than 20. So uh, they had the perfect amount of, there with them um, with, in this upper room. And Jesus, again, he, has, he says he has, I have a strong desire, he says, a strong desire to partake of this meal with you. Uh, what is meant there? What do you think he means here? Again, in verse um, 15 and 16, when he says, I... Verse 16, for I say to you, I shall never eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. This Passover meal. <clears throat> and we also, before we uh, you know, answer that question, we should also keep in mind that although some of these verses we just read sounds like the Lord's Supper uh, being instituted, uh, it's not, because the Lord's Supper is going to be instituted in verse 19 and verse 20, where he's going to take the bread and bless it, and where he's going to take the cup and bless it. And so the Lord's Supper doesn't take place until verse 19 and 20 of this chapter. But before that, they're, they're just having this Passover meal together. Right? And, and again, verse 18 sort of sounds like the Lord's Supper, but this isn't in verse 17. Verse 17 and 18 sort of sounds like the Lord's Supper, but that's not what's going on here. It's the, it's the meal that they're sharing uh, together. And he says, I'm not going to have this meal again until, uh, verse, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, until verse 16 says, until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Right? The Passover commemorated in the past. It commemorated their past deliverance, but... The Passover to them was also something of a, a coming deliverance. Again, their minds are focused in on what? What type of Messiah? 
one that's going to yeah, one that's going to deliver them from a Roman oppression, a, a physical Messiah, someone uh, who's going to uh, redeem them from oppression. But that's not, of course, the kingdom that Jesus sets up, is it? And so, um, so he says, I'm not going to eat of this meal again until it's fulfilled in the kingdom and to partake of it. And, of course, that ultimate feast is going to be eaten where? For all of us one day. In heaven. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> now, we do get to enjoy a spiritual feast with one another uh, every Lord's Day. And, you know, we just did that here a moment ago when we partook of the Lord's Supper. Uh, and, but we're going to talk about that here in the next couple of classes when we uh, see Jesus institute uh, the Lord's Supper. But here we have, again, um, this, the, this meal that he's talking about, this feast that will happen one day. Um, again, this feast begins with a period of, of peace and happiness. But, again, it's going to be soon shattered as we look at our next class on Wednesday evening, because an old dispute's going to resurface. Uh, do you remember what the apostles had been arguing about? Who's going to be the greatest? We've already looked at a couple of lessons already where the apostles are arguing with one another who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Do you think they're going to bring that up again here at, the, the, at this Passover meal? They are, aren't they? And so uh, we're going to, again, we're going to look at that on Wednesday evening because it's just, it's, uh, it's amazing that they just keep bringing that up. So um, appreciate everyone's uh, attendance here this morning. Uh, I know we spent a long time sort of talking about the Passover and the ramifications of it and where it all originated. But it's just, again, it's fascinating to go back in the Old Testament and see, and see Jesus in the Old Testament, right? That just, uh, it always floors my mind when we do that, when we um, see Jesus uh, in the Old Testament, in these uh, pictures, uh, uh, especially, you know, especially here in Exodus 12 in the Passover. Uh, Brother Jason's got our closing prayer.